If you've ever been lost while driving around in a car, your natural reaction will probably be to slow down. When we are uncertain about which direction to head, our natural reaction is to slow down, look at the map, ask questions, and proceed cautiously forward. For several years, we've been measuring resilience and confidence and have noticed a significant decline since the pandemic. The combination of uncertainty and lack of control has certainly increased anxiety and stress. Is slowing down really a problem? In this episode, we're looking at speed and how increasing our resilience will help pick up the steady pace we may have lost as we've navigated through these many challenges over the past few years. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zinger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician and my father, Joe Folkman. Hello, Bri. How are you? I'm good. I love how fast you said that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've always admired your dedication to speed and efficiency, and it's probably why you never really liked going to certain restaurants. I noticed like you had your favorites because they could get the food out really, really fast and you didn't have to wait so long. But maybe that's because you had five kids and waiting with hungry children is no fun. I'm just impatient, Bri. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I just don't have a lot of patience. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no one, no one's bunning. You're definitely not the biggest fan of wasting time. But when it comes to working, I think we can agree that the pace and volume of work are increasing. So with every shortcut and life hack that we may have found, it seems that every day something else pops up to give us more to figure out and do. Do you feel that? I guess, do you feel more pressure and competition today than when you were working in the training and development industry in like the 80s and 90s? I remember one of the first programs we designed, we had people, managers show up on Monday uh, and our program ended on Friday. It was a one week long program eight hours a day for a week and we thought that was what people needed and and since then uh, i mean it went from a week to two days and then it was one day and then it was a half a day and now it's two hours <laughs> <laughs> okay so the trainings have definitely gotten shorter <laughs> it has and uh, you know people want it really quick and and a lot of times they'll tell me that the executives don't have any time and really it's gotten to the point where it's really problematic for people just to sit down and and get some development and, and think about what they're doing. Yeah. So so the demands definitely have. Wow, executives had a full week. I bet it was a good week. Hopefully. It, was a great, it was a great week. It was really a, a fun experience. And and I, I'd love to do it again sometime. But uh, <laughs> Let's all slow down. You know, a study revealed that executives in the 1970s had to deal with approximately, ready for this, 1,000 messages per year. What? <laughs> you, probably, you probably get that in like a couple weeks. And in the 1980s, it went up by four times. 
Email started in the 90s with the first mobile phones. So in the early 2000s, they, they've kind of looked at it and they, the messages went up to about 25,000 per year. And I have no idea what it is now. It's probably, it's probably double that is my guess. If you count all the spam messages that you get every time you buy a t-shirt, they will send you two emails for the rest of your life. <laughs> How many times you have <laughs> so we are all being asked to do more with less. And with news of layoffs, there's been a lot of um, news on that. This might get worse for some people where it's like, okay, now you have to do so-and-so's job too. So I think one of the keys is to not let the pace and volume overwhelm you. So today we want to look closely at this link between resiliency and speed and what we can learn from it. Well, Bree, we did a study where we looked at resiliency and we examined data from over 110,000 leaders. Now, we measured their resilience with an eight-item index along with an evaluation of their speed. And what we found was that based on their ratings from managers, peers, direct reports, and others, it was clear from this study that as a leader's resilience lowers, so does their speed. In other words, as they they don't feel as sure of, of themselves and they're not as confident, they slow down. And it's just like you said, when you're lost, right, you tend to slow down. And that kind of can happen in a difficult time when you don't know what's going to happen. Perhaps that's a good thing. In a time when there's uncertainty and it's high, slowing down and being careful is prudent. But if you've ever driven 40 miles an hour on a freeway when others are going 60 or 70 or 80, you know that can be dangerous. And the problem is leaders are, you know, who are going to, uh, the problem is leaders who are going slow are not doing so because it's the right thing to do. They're slowing down because they're less resilient. And that's that's a good visual that you said of the cars passing around you. Everyone else is still keeping that pace. And organizations can only move as fast as their employees. And even more important is the pace of the leader. And leaders who resist a brisk pace can be a major source of a company's problems and ultimately its failure. But on the other side, we don't want you going 90 on the freeway and being reckless. We can't just do things fast. We need to do things right as well. So we are going to discuss the research about how leaders can safely increase their speed so that you're you're at the right pace. And these this comes from years of research that Joe did and Jack did for their book, Speed. And I also wanted to tell you that we've been talking about it and we think that this is a really important skill for right now. So Joe has built an assessment and we're actually going to offer it on our website, a condensed version of it. So if you want to assess your speed and your skills in this particular area, if you go to the link in the episode notes, which I'll put right in there after this episode, we encourage you to go on there, take the assessment and see where you are with speed and in what ways you can kind of improve and learn more about this really important skill for right now. So Joe, how about you start us off? What's the first thing that leaders can do to increase that speed? When I always talk about this topic and 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 talk to leaders about speed, 
what they're, they, they're in their imagination, they're thinking of frantic activity, you know, so just people running around the halls. And, and so th this is really how you increase speed without becoming a frantic, crazy person, right? <laughs> and the first way is to foster innovation. One thing we've all learned in, in the last year is that there's a variety of new options for how to operate and succeed. Uh, are you willing to try a new way of doing things? It might fail. You can't let perfect be the enemy of good. If you're going to experiment, be flexible. Be willing to go a little faster and trust the brakes. Innovative leaders believe that speed scrapes the barnacles off the hull of the boat. Experiments and rapid prototypes were preferred to lengthy studies by large committees. Ask yourself the question, what innovative things can we do to really start operations moving fast and going quickly? I really think this is so right that this is the first thing when you are looking at your pace is to first consider innovation, to first go, am I doing this the right way? Is there a better way? Can I try a new way? It totally can change the way you're doing it. And the next part, which goes along with innovation then, is updating your strategic direction. You found that leaders who move fast know where they're going and the comfortable speed of moving forward is defined by the clarity of this vision that you have. No one wants to drive too fast. For many people, that is what strategy seems like. If we're going along with this car thing, which we've been holding on to, I love it. You can only see as far as the illumination of their headlights. It's just as important to understand what you are not going to do and where you are not going to go. Joy rides with no clear destination feel for many people like a waste of time and nobody likes to waste time, especially you, Joe Folkman. <laughs> <laughs> it is also easy to get hopelessly lost. The same is true in an organization. Clear vision and direction make it easier to act with speed. It gives people trust in, in the pace that they're going and, and it avoids costly detours too. That's very true. All right, our third suggestion is to be courageous. Ask yourself what difficult decisions need to be made today. It takes a good deal of courage to move faster and ask others to also move fast with you. In general, people are more comfortable working at a steady pace, prodding along, because time is of the essence. Make those difficult decisions and move forward fast. I remember a few years ago, I was giving a presentation to a group of senior leaders and one of the vice presidents introduced me in the morning. I remember he got up and he said, I was thinking when I had breakfast, have I ever fired somebody too soon? And and then he said, I fired a lot of people. This this was a technology part, and he just they downsized the organization. He'd fired a lot of people. He says I've fired a lot of people, mm -hmm. and I can't think of one of them that I fired too soon. And when you think about that, when you have to make a difficult decision, oftentimes we delay. Uh, you know, we're not courageous. And I love this particular one because there's so many things that 
that people sort of aren't willing to take on and aren't willing to make the decision and it slows things down. And so be courageous, uh, make that hard decision and do it now. And as, as much as you can plan for things, you can't plan for everything. There's going to be some roadblocks, but it's the courage to accept them and go, we're going to figure it out. Even when the roadblocks come, and that goes along with the fourth thing that we found that fast leaders uh, do is they establish these stretch goals. An easy goal allows people time, right? People, there's no need to hurry. We're going to get it. You know, it's well within reach, but stretch goals reinforce the need for speed. They encourage people to get on with their work rather than ponder. It always is amazing how a stretch goal can get people to accomplish goals that they never thought were possible to achieve. And talk about this before people underestimate their capacity to achieve dramatic results. So pushing yourself beyond your comfort really does help you move quick. Number six issue is external focus. Now, what's going on outside your immediate organization is critical. And what most people focus on is just what's happening inside. They have an internal focus. What are your competitors doing? What do customers want? What are friends doing? What are government leaders doing? What would be helpful or what gets in your way? Our tendency is to have an internal focus. And what we care about is what's going on immediately around us. So if you stay connected and involved, when people take time to look outside their own world, they realize that they could go faster and be more efficient. That's the key. It, you know, it's, it's looking outside your own organization and seeing what others are doing. That helps increase your speed. And it inspires you too, right? It makes yes. you, it gives you ideas for your products and how to make them better and what the customers really want. Number seven is taking initiative. I think this is critical. It, it's hard to start things. I mean, if you think about it, it takes the majority of the fuel in a rocket just to get two feet off the landing pad, just starting. <laughs> and I, I, this is an interesting one because women are end up being a lot better at this than men. Uh, so taking initiative, get started, don't dither around. And, and that's a critical issue. And I think that can really help increase your speed. Yeah, but if you're like me, like I dug a hole because I'm like, I'm going to make my own back patio. <laughs> now, now I'm so deep and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Way to go, Brie. <laughs> so, uh, so, yes, it's a bunch of these things. The strategic vision would have helped me before before the initiative. <laughs> yes, but, but you, you take a lot of initiative. But anyway, the last thing that's going to help your speed is maintaining technical professional expertise. There are some new things that you need to know. And if you do not have the expertise, either find it out quickly or acquire it. And yes, learning new things takes time, but then you get so much faster. So I see why that's so important to leaders. 
Well, in our research on speed, we found that those leaders that move faster were rated as twice as effective as those that didn't. One of the interesting things about increasing your speed, you'll find that as you move faster, your resiliency goes up, your attitude increases, and and it really makes a difference in how you feel about yourself. Moving fast gives others confidence that they can also move quickly and deliver results. So if you're feeling sluggish at work, consider how you can pick up the pace. And these are eight ways that we describe that help you move faster without becoming frantic. And if you want to learn more about leadership speed, be sure to take that assessment. I'll put the link in our episode notes, or you can go to our website at zangerfolkman.com and check out our macro session on speed. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.